Hey, this is Clint with 7 Dust, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion at iHeartRadio. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. It is Brando, episode 134. Coming up on this episode... In just a few moments, we'll be speaking with Clint Lowry from Seven Dust. Just another person that's somehow connected to uh, to Guns N' Roses, or at least fits our rules, our loose rules of six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon. And before I get to that, I, I was I thought this episode was going to be with Steve Stevens. Uh, it was confirmed, and then the literally I think at midnight I get an email saying unfortunately he he has to cancel. He's Back on the road, touring, and, well, as Axl Rose uh, once said, nothing is confirmed but his love of Taco Bell. Nothing's really confirmed, and things happen. So hopefully we'll get Steve Stevens on um, another episode, of course. Uh, but right now, uh, I think it's cool, because Steve Stevens, you, you can make the direct connections to Guns N' Roses, right, who he's worked with, the Neurotic Outsiders, and, of course, now with the... Uh, the, the Dead Ritual, right? Deadland Ritual uh, with with Matt Sorum. But when this, and that was a suggestion, by the way, when I how I get these guys. Sometimes it's just me, you know, I, I am the producer of this show, uh, coming up with guest ideas and tracking them down. Uh, many times you suggest, and you'll come on and co-host, and we'll get to that actually after our, our episode, uh, excuse me, our, our interview with, with Clint, uh, because I want to read this email sent by one of you. And sometimes just these interviews pop up. You know, I make connections, meeting label, and, and talking to management. And uh, so this opportunity to speak with Clint was is exciting. Uh, I'm a Seven Dust fan. You know, they're on my. They, they've always been going back to the days of college with my Winamp. You know, with my. Uh, do you remember the, the Winamp player? I had the Use Your Illusion skin on it, and I would Seven Dust was in there, of course, along with with Gene R and. I think at the time of college, Avril Lavigne, we all go through our phases. So sometimes we have to get creative with the six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon separation. I, I'm going to make a, uh, a production piece for that at some point, a soundbite, because sometimes explaining it to, to guests and labels is, I feel silly, but they, once they get it and they, they see what I'm about, they get it. Uh, so what, what would be the direct connection, uh, connection between Seven Dust and, and Guns N' Roses? So I'm doing my research, you know, with the presenter this, with this opportunity. And the first thing that really came up was it was years ago, I think in, back in 2009 when VH1 was really pumping out a lot of these, uh, I mean, I guess they still do reality shows and, uh, Duff and Slash were on this VH1 or E true Hollywood story, Rock Wives. There were a lot of uh, rock stars on it at, at the time. You know, Scott Ian and his wife. I mean, it was just crazy. So so Morgan from Seven Dust was on it uh, with his wife. So uh, that's a loose connection. 
whatever. I was still I, I would still in, interview Clint with that loose of a connection. Who cares? It's just a, an excuse to speak to such a uh, a great guitarist. Uh, but then finding out that he's uh, he's working on a solo record, his producer for that Elvis, not the Elvis. Thank you very much. That was a terrible impression. Uh, but Elvis also produced uh, Slash's solo records. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good connection. You know, what what, what do both Slash and Clint see in this producer? So uh, we're going to talk about a lot uh, with Clint. So not let's not uh, waste any more time. Hey, Clint. What's going on? Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, likewise, man. So I've been looking at what you guys do and some cool stuff, man. I'm glad to be a part. That's cool. Because um, I think I've had a couple of your, your friends on the show. Uh, Michael Sweet, yeah. who I know you've done some uh, some work with. Oh yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, really cool. And it's interesting, just so you know what I'm about. It's just funny for me as a Jewish person to talk to him about, you know, Christ and and, and faith, and it's something we're going to talk with you about. But I, I I just believe in being a good person, so that's why I wanted to have him uh, on. And of course, uh, John Cooper, who you're going to be on tour with with uh, with Skillet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that, man. And if I don't know if you you noticed uh, because of the title and I guess perusing my, my past guests, everything is going through a like a Guns N' Roses lens. I, I call this like my Guns N' Roses bar mitzvah party podcast extravagant. I don't really call it that, but <laughs> sometimes that's the best way to explain it. <laughs> Cause, yeah, that's great. I don't know. It's, it's interesting for sure, man. Because you've done so many interviews. I mean, everyone, people want to talk to you, but I just, I just want to, how do I separate myself? So that's kind of what I look through it. So when it's not the obvious, of course, you know, dreams of interviewing Slash and Axel, uh, but to find all these characters through this, um, I don't know, this, this web and following the six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. Are you familiar with that game? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. I used to love that game. Okay, so when uh, it was the opportunity arose to to speak with you, a few things came up as far as your uh, connections to GNR. They they go from really loose, and I'm pushing the envelope to closer than I imagined. Uh, first one was back in 2009, and I believe it was Morgan was on the VH1 Rockwives special that they had. Right. And, yeah. And Slash and Duff were on that as well. Do you remember that time? Do you remember speaking with him uh, about it, about doing a reality show? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, um, I was actually coming back into the band. I had left the band for a little while, and I was rejoining right when that was going down with his ex-wife. Okay. That, that show must be like, it seems to be a curse because uh, Slash is no longer with his wife from that show either. So stay away from reality shows. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. But the closer ones, uh, the more important ones, is for your upcoming solo record, and that's going to be produced by uh, Michael Elvis uh, Basket, right? Yeah, that's going to be um, that's Elvis, uh, which is you know as you know, strong tie with Slash and right and Cruz. So yeah, it's definitely a, a, that was a, my immediate f- feeling to this was that, that there's such a good connection there with the DNR world. So, yeah, absolutely. How did you go about picking him? Because uh, he did a couple of the Slash uh, solo records, and obviously he's a well-sought-after producer, and someone like you could have had their pick of the litter of who to... I bet people were asking to work with you. So what made him the right guy? Well, um, you know, first it was a, a few things. Uh, you know, we, we had some mutual friends that had worked with him through the Tremonti 
camp and, you know, the ultra bridge thing. And he had done a few records in the past, engineered a lot of stuff. So I was, I was aware of him years ago, even when he was working with Limp Biscuit. like that was kind of his breakout little role was possibly the new guitar player for, for, um, for Led Biscuit back in the day. And then he became a producer and that's really what he started out as. And he'd been in some bands. So he was on my radar. He'd actually worked with Miles Kennedy for Mayfield four record years ago, which was one of my favorite records. And Miles is one of my favorite people on earth. And so I automatically just, just that those relationships and people talking about it. I, I loved how his, he has a unique, he has a very distinguished sound. Um, what he does as a producer, the punch, the sonic, uh, identity he has so that was just an appealing thing I thought for we had produced the three seven us records ourselves and thought that Elvis would be a good guy to bring in and start you know leaning on the producer again what's the kind of sound that you are going for with this uh, new solo record because you've worked on so many different projects and that's the interesting thing here in our GNR through our GNR rose-colored glasses is you know Slash does his solo stuff. Duff just came out with a very different solo record, you know, very country-like. So is it going to sound like maybe your older projects, like Seven Dust, uh, something new? What is your what is your I guess your you your know, mission statement for the solo record? What, what are you looking for? I've released um, I've released other projects that were. Pretty much solo records. There was one that was called Call Me No One that I did with Morgan, and he was a big part of the creative process for that. So that was kind of a combo uh, release from him and I. Um, even though I did a good amount of writing on it, it was still just his influence was in there. Um, I did a, another project that was acoustic based called Hello Demons Meet Skeletons, and that was, you know, it was a little more melodic, and there was a direct message to that. Um, in terms of recovery and all the things I was going through. So this is the first thing that I've released under my name that will be, you know, you know, actual release through a label with a proper push. So I wanted to name it, you know, I wanted it to be under my name and the sound, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of those other projects that I've been involved with, including seven Dust, kind of all encompassed in one record. I mean, it's, it's a rock record, but, um, a little more alternative, possibly than uh what seven dust is not a, not as heavy it's it's more melodic but uh there's an edge to it as well you know so it's kind of where i'm at musically right now um but it is a rock record you know and it sounds like elvis it's big it's you know there's huge drums and wolf van halen played drums on it and really he, just, he he was awesome man yeah he played drums on it and he played bass uh he's Great, just great at everything. Um, so he's just been a, a friend of mine for a long time, and just an incredible drummer. And so he just came in and you know and just smashed it. But I, everything else, I played myself and did myself with Elvis. Yeah, because uh, I was about to say that you play everything. You know, you're almost a one man band uh, with the drummer. But I was I was going to ask who you got to play drums, but I was not expecting Wolfgang Van Halen. That's uh, how did. I guess you recruit him because he's more famous for playing the bass. So what made you think of him to play drums? I've known Wolf for a long time. Uh, we talked about doing something about two years ago. The, the timeline wasn't right. So I knew that um, he was, you know, he really is a drummer, but he can play guitar. He can play bass. He can sing. He actually did a solo record with Elvis. And I was just bound and determined to, to have him play drums on. He's just incredible, and he, he really gets what I was trying to do. 
was there any temptation to be like, hey, is your dad around? Maybe does he want to hang around the studio and just <laughs> and maybe get some uh, no. Eddie on the on the record, or you didn't want to push it? No, or man, no? I, I don't. My relationship with him, obviously, Eddie Van Halen is a huge influence on me, and and you know, he's that's actually how I met Wolf was through you know one of those old, uh, earlier Van Halen shows. But my relationship with him is it's exclusive to him and I. I don't really ever bring up his dad that much. I think Wolf is an incredible musician in his own right, but um, I certainly have the utmost respect for Eddie and would love to be in the room with him any time, but I've never asked Wolf that. I've never kind of bring that into our dynamic because I just enjoy being around him, you know. That means you're a real friend and you're not using Yeah, him. <laughs> I try to be, and he's got a lot of... Um, yeah, that shadow that he lives under, man, like he, he can do it all. He can sing, he can play guitar, he can play bass, drums. And I think that's what gives him his own, will give him his chance to break out of that, you know. Oh, that's cool. So um, I'm wondering, are, do you plan, because I'm assuming you plan on touring on the solo record. And when would that, how, how is that going to work? Because right now you're going out with, with Skillet, with, with Seven Dust. I mean, you're you're incredibly busy. So do you have a... A game plan because you're recording it now, right? Do you know when you plan to to tour with that, or, or I guess move yeah, forward with yeah. that project? We, we have a good little timeline here. So Seven Dust will record. We'll do another record this year, and we'll sit on it for a little while. We'll we'll, we'll go dark through the beginning of the year. Um, we have our last show will be a New Year's Eve show. We'll play, and then um, we'll. Um, you know, we'll have that kind of sit around for a while. So I have about six months to go and tour and I'm going to, my first show will be on the ship rock cruises coming up and I have some dates that are coming on after that. And I'll do a couple tours and see how it goes. And, you know, I'm definitely going to be out there playing a good amount of shows through the U S. So, um, I'm going to put a band together and it's going to be a legit situation. You know, we're going to have a radio single and we're going to go out there and push it. Awesome. But this will be while seven dust is off. It won't conflict with that at all. Okay. I, I always enjoy how uh, certain artists balance that. You know, of course, talking about Slash and when he goes out with Miles, and now back with with Axel, and same thing with with Duff and his projects and and, and GNR. So it's just interesting, I guess, the balance. So do you? Uh, and I ask this a lot of guys like you who are just constantly working and constantly on the road. Do you? I guess you prefer that, right? Then rather than just taking a few months off to just lie by the pool, you, you need to be on the I, road. I, I, I love having kids. I have kids. I love being home. I mean, make no mistake about it. Um, I usually, it's, when it's just seven dust, I, I have a good amount of breaks built into the tour cycle. But uh. we don't hit it quite as hard as we used to. Taking on this new solo project, um, you know, I talked to my wife. I'm like, this is going to be a busier year than, than usual because when that downtime for seven dust, that's when I would usually take on production projects or things that I could do but still be at home. This is going to be, um, I'm going to stretch myself out a bit, but I think it's something that's necessary, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And, you know, i got a great support system at home. It makes it a little easier. Um, yeah, it's tough. The, the balance is, is where it, it's very difficult because family means a lot to me. Um, I love touring, but I don't want to be out there, you know, every you know, 70, 80% of the year. I want, to, I want to try to find balance and have where I enjoy the music, I enjoy the touring, but it, I also am able to be a present father, you know. It's very important to me. Sure. And that may tie into the other 
you know, six degrees of GNR bacon or just just the organic flow of this conversation. You know, when I had Michael Sweet on the uh, on the show, when I had John Cooper, and, and just a variety of other guests that I've spoke about it. So I, I the I guess the second the sub theme of this podcast will be mental health and addiction and depression. And I've because it's hard for me to just talk about rock and and just have no substance to it. And I want to make connections to my audience and and to you and to people. So I, I'm I've been open about you know my struggles. Uh, it's been I think in December it'll be three years without a drink. Um, I, awesome! Congratulations, man. Thank you. I mean, not to say that I, I I certainly have my my battles, but I've been going to therapy for a decade. I've been to AA meetings, and this comes up. I'm sure you probably would would agree. This comes up. This conversation comes up quite often in the rock world. You know, with people Absolutely. suffering. Right. So Absolutely. when when so now with the um, especially with the recent uh, anniversary of of Chester Bennington, uh, two years since he was gone. On, on Chris Cornell's what would be his his what would have been his birthday, um, and I guess that goes into and I always have to again find my my way to connect it all. There was a recent Duff uh, interview that he was asked about getting Izzy back in the band, and he had mentioned that he and Slash are now sober guys, and they went to uh, to him with a sober approach. Is that something that you can? relate to and the reason I ask is and it's wonderful that you were so open uh, about it it might have been last year uh, the ties that bind us did a an interview with you and you were very open yeah. Oh, yeah very open about your struggles which helps a lot of people including me to be open and honest about it so uh, a just thank you for being open and honest and B do you understand what they were saying like the sober approach because look at all you have now. Could you imagine having ever, all these th- wonderful things happening right now if you continued on a certain path? Yeah, I mean, I, when when they say sober approach, um, I, I'm assuming, and I believe that, um, especially when it comes to Duff, that we're walking in some of the same uh, program circles. And I think that what that the way I interpret that is that there's a certain amount of principles that I try to live by that help me maintain a spiritual connection, help me maintain um, a good relationship status with my friends and, and the people and, and just people in general. So I think that there's, with those principles, you practice these principles in all your affairs. And I think that's, and, and it certainly helps um, when you take ownership of your wrongs and the things that you do and your side of the street. So maybe, maybe that's where, you know, the sober approach is basically, you know that real communication and that ownership of your your faults and and just listening and being willing to listen you know and uh and then speaking honestly and maybe you know it, it certainly has helped me mend some fences with people that I'd harmed in the past or relationships even in within my seven dust circle like you know living on top of each other there's a, there's a certain amount of principles that I, and uh and things that I have to look at within myself so I can practice practice that acceptance, the tolerance and the love and patience it takes to, to survive a relationship, you know, that close, that, that, you know, so much time together, you know, it, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of different things. So maybe that's what they're, you know, what they're referring to when they're talking about the sober approach. I mean, it's certainly better than the egotistical, fearful, 
angry, selfish, um, you know, alcoholism life that I was living. You know, when I was active drinker, I was very selfish, very a bulldozer, you know, and uh, of a person. Now it's just more about listening and trying to be a better person all around. So I don't accumulate that damage and accumulate that wreckage and want to have a take a drink over it, you know. Yeah, so uh, I guess sadly, uh, I I do. Um, well, I don't know if I could. I should say sadly, because uh, it just means that battle means different things to different people. Um, yeah. I guess what's interesting to me is again living the in the rock world. How that you know the drinking and and drugs was always such a part of it. You know, and, and with a couple months ago, the the dirt coming out on Netflix and. Certainly, if you live that life today, I don't think you could, especially with social media and uh, the PC culture and everything. So do you find it, I mean, do you feel like it was the right, you said it was the right time. Do you do you ever look back and think about, you know, what if I, I, I did this earlier or it wasn't the right time? This was the, the path that it had to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it was for me, it, it, it happened when it needed to happen. Right. I mean, there was a lot of, times a lot of years that a lot of guys that were trying to help me at the time were like listen you don't have to lose all these things in your life you know there, there is a better way there's an easier way and i just wasn't ready yet i, I needed more pain i needed the gift of desperation as we call it mm. and that that was just something that i needed um all those experiences unfortunately the harm and i did to myself and and a few other people um were necessary evils for me to kind of get that final wake-up call and the rip to wave that white flag and just, you know, just surrender. And, um, I, I you know, I, I'm glad it all happened. I, you know, there's certainly definitely things I wish I could take back, but I can, and I've accepted that. And, but, um, you know, it was time. I, I think that it all happened when it needed to happen. Um, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Um, so that's, uh, that's always a good thing, man. I, I still look back at that old life. I have no idea who that person Huh. was or why he did what he did. I'm just so glad that that's not the person I am today. And, you know, again, it's just one of those things where I think it needed it. All of it has to happen in that sequence. Exactly. For me. I can relate to that. I really can. I'll look back and be like, wow, man, if I only knew back then I could have changed my, my trajectory and my therapist, yeah. my therapist will just say you weren't ready. You just weren't yeah. ready to change, and and you know it's just wonderful now that you, you know, you have all these things around you, and you mentioned you talk about your kids, and I don't have ch- uh, kids yet, but I have three younger brothers, so I try to be. Sometimes they tell yeah. me I'm too much like a parent than a, a brother, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that, that that's just uh, that's just wonderful to hear, and and you know what I, I mentioned at the beginning, and I I have to be honest with with my with myself. Uh, when I went to AA, I know that that first rule is the higher power. And, and someone, and, and I said it jokingly at the beginning, but being raised Jewish, and it's hard, you know, for me to to do that part of it. But however, the higher power for me was my family, my friends that were hurting. I had to find something that was bigger than myself. And I do envy yeah. you, uh, people like you and, and, and Michael and, and John Cooper, uh, Michael Sweet and, of course, John Cooper, who have that kind of faith. And that's something that I still struggle with, but I'm I'm on the right path and just 
Thank thank goodness or thank God, however you want to say it, for my therapist. She's my she's yeah. my she's kind of my. I don't, I don't think any of us have. I don't think any of us have it. You know, completely figured out. I think. I mean, my my faith it changes. The journey is sometimes it gets very diluted, and I start to take my will back. And you know, having to identify what that faith is and what you believe in isn't isn't the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you said. It's just about finding the willingness to, to have form some kind of connection, you know, and uh, and with something bigger than yourself. And it could be a group. It could be so many things. But um, it's definitely zeroed in for me. And, you know, it's a thing to have a label for what it is. You know, you don't have to say, I'm, you know, it's only Jesus Christ and God. It doesn't have to be that for anyone. That, that kind of pushes people away. If you just know that there's something there and be willing to connect with it, uh, that's the beginning. Is that what you connected with uh, with John Cooper from Skillet? Because when we spoke about it, he said he would go on tour with bands and people would ask him questions about religion and faith and kind of form this little group. So I'm just curious, uh, since you're so faith-based, and is that what prompted prompted this tour of you and uh, Seven Dust and Skillet? Or is it just no, you guys no. are just badass it wasn't, bands? Um, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't that kind of thing. I mean, okay. I think, you know, I mean, if— I, I always believe that that power is in, it play, in, in, in play. I believe that there's a reason that we're going to get ready to do this tour. I think there's going to be a lot of amazing conversations that go on, stuff that I need to hear because I'm, I go through these, these droughts, you know, and these different things. Sure. So I feel like, yeah, I, I don't, not that I was in control. I'm not in control of anything really. I you know, I think it sometimes, but I'm not. And I think that that's, Maybe that's why we are doing this run. Maybe this will be helpful for the other guys in my band. Maybe it'll be helpful for me. Maybe them. Maybe they'll see some things about our dynamic that makes them want to do you know something different. And you know, I don't know. It's it, I, I think that it is a very cool thing. I'm excited to, uh, to talk to them about it. That's cool. You Everything that uh, for a reason, they say, right? Everything for yeah, a reason. Everything for a reason. As corny as it is, it really, <laughs> I really believe it. You're right. As simple or corny, I mean, you know, if you ha- that's the faith I have. You know, I, I had no idea I'd be, you know, yes, I work for iHeartRadio, Premier Radio Networks, but I would start this, this Guns N' Roses kind of podcast that would last hundreds of episodes or, you know, 130-something episodes and getting to yeah. speak to people like you, you know? Clint uh, Lowry from uh, from Seven Dust, and I really can't thank you enough for your time and just being open and honest about everything. And you know, best of luck. I can't wait to hear the uh, the solo record and see what uh, what comes out of it. What Elvis yeah, does I'm to excited. it. And, and thanks again for the time. I appreciate what you do, and I look forward to checking out more of your stuff. Thank you. And before you leave, if you wouldn't mind doing a quick liner, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, hey, this is uh, Clint L- Lowry from from Seven Dust, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando yeah. on iHeartRadio. Sorry, that's a little bit of a mouthful. Brando? Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. I have, like, the smallest bandwidth possible. You can just say but Appetite for Distortion. You're listening to Appetite for Distortion with, with Brando, Brando at yeah. iHeartRadio. Perfect. That's, that's cool. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Clint with Seven Dust, and you're checking out Guns and Distortion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guns and Distortion? Appetite for Distortion. <laughs> That's all good. See, I told you. You should have got Are you ready? Yep. All right. Hey, this is Club of Seven Dust, and you're listening to Hold on. See, I got all flustered again. All right, here we go. One more time. Here we go. This is, this is happening right here. Hey, this is Clint with Seven Dust, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion. Blando. 
at iHeartRadio. Perfect. Society doing those things. <laughs> I know. You mean you can play in front of millions of people, right? But it comes to a, you know a ten second liner. It's but I couldn't do what you do. <laughs> so. Oh man, no. It's just like when you get it wrong. It's like I feel like such a. It's like an insult. Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, oh, I really had that guns in my head. You know, like I was like, was it guns? In... <laughs> anyway, I appreciate it, brother. I'll keep it in the outtakes. But thank you. I hope we can do this again. All right, brother. Thank you. Take care. Very cool. That Skillet 7 Dust Tour is going to be awesome. And it, if you're a follower of this podcast, it's it's nice to hear, you know, in-depth interviews with John L. Cooper uh, from, from Skillet and, and now Clint from, from 7 Dust. And kind of, you know, it, it's tangible. Uh, these, these bands are very tangible. And I didn't get a chance because uh, Clint's doing a bunch of interviews today. And I appreciate the, uh, the amount of time that he gave me. But him, the Seven Dust is doing something really cool for their upcoming record. You can check out on their website. They're doing a lot of these giveaway packages, which you know bands do. But one of the VIP giveaways is to be a quote, you know, fly on the wall and be a part of, and, and I guess watch them record the album. Could you imagine Guns N' Roses doing that? No, you can't, because it would never happen. I think it was the episode. Many of you said it uh, that the Looney Tunes uh, guys, the the, ad, the the writers, really gave the first in depth, uh, you know, background how Axel is in the studio because no one really ever talks about it. So for a band like Seven Dust to give that kind of access to their fans is great. And for uh, we Guns N' Roses diehards, it's <laughs> it is what it is at this point. I think you have to love the the mystery and things will happen when they're. They're meant to happen. Uh, so that's why, you know, it, it's great doing this podcast. There's just so much to talk about because so little is out there about the band that has been, hasn't been said or has been said, I should say. Uh, so to find out the little connections that Seven Dust and Clint uh, have to the GNR just expands our world. Uh, I want to get to this before we, we finish the episode. Um, I, I appreciate every single one of you who... You know, whether you DM me on, on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show. It's been great seeing those numbers steadily climb and, and more and more listeners join this podcast night train. And I certainly try to make the social media as fun as possible in addition to the podcast. So I, I appreciate all your participation. But every now and then I, I get a, you know, a really well written email uh, and, and this is one of them, and I wanted to read it, and it, it includes uh, some a suggestion, an episode uh, suggestion, which uh, I believe next episode is going to happen. So thanks to this email. So I just want to set it up properly. Oh, and I say email because I, I always forget to give out the, uh, our email, so I appreciate those of you who find it. It's, it's simple enough. Uh, show at gmail.com. <laughs> That's it. So this person writes, uh, hi, Brando. Cheers from Wallon, Wallagong, Australia. Wallangong, Australia. I, I've never heard of, am I saying it right? Wallangong? Sounds like a Pokemon. Dugong, gong. All right. Sorry. Uh, cheers from Australia. A lot of fans from Australia, just not from Wallangong. <laughs> so please make fun of me and, and, and correct me when I post this episode. I've been following your podcast for quite a while now. Almost from the start. 
Thank you. It goes without saying, I am a massive GNR fan. Um, 41 and GNR has been my ultimate favorite band since very little. Uh, I'm actually Peruvian, South American, but moved to Australia in 2010. My partner is Australian, and I moved here three months after I met her, and we are now a family of five. Aw, that is adorable. Well, I will write you a longer email another day with lots of uh, tangential GNR stories uh, that I have. Tangential, SAT word. I had to look it up. I didn't mean to admit that. Uh, that might or may not be interesting. <laughs> At least you are uh, honest about that as well. And many of you do. You'll, you'll message me with some of your, your GNR experiences, which is uh, very cool for you to reach out like that. Uh, he continues, but in the meantime, I've been meaning to write you and ask you if you can have an episode dedicated to the Spaghetti Incident album. Lots of uh, people sort of looked that album uh, over and and didn't pay uh, didn't pay much attention to it, but I actually enjoyed it and still do a lot. Well, I actually do too as well. Uh, I think there are plenty of very good songs on there. I agree. Songs like You Can't Put Your Arm Around a Memory, Ain't It Fun, Attitude, New Rose, etc., showed at the time a different side of the band and although uh, very different to their own catalog, um, almost a, uh, the hangover the illusions, a hangover of the illusions, uh, I still think it is a very worthy GNR album. I love your podcast, man. You have brought so much insight to the GNR world. Having grown up in Peru in the 80s and 90s where the access uh, we had to our beloved bands were very limited, your podcast has opened up a huge universe of GNR knowledge. Thanks for your hard work. Uh, anyway, I'll write you more another day. Uh, this was meant to be a quick request for you to do a Spaghetti Incident special episode. Cheers, Alex. Well, Alex, just thank you so much for the email and taking the time to you know, kind of tell me your background and make this suggestion. And absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I like the Spaghetti Incident. I think I kind of fell into, you know, when you're younger, when someone said, a lot of times when people say something sucks, you just go along with it to fit in. I think I was one of those, but it was weird. I was like secretly, I'm like, but I really like this record. But are people going to make fun of me because it's all covers? No, you know, obviously now at uh, close to 36, so that's a stupid uh, thought process I had when I was younger. Uh, I mean, attitude uh, was probably the first one that, that really grabbed me uh, right away, and it's what it said in the liner notes was to do yourself a favor and check out the originals and. Really, it was probably through Guns N' Roses I learned more about uh, the Misfits and going back. Uh, same thing with learning about uh, Michael Monroe. We had him on talking about uh, you know his contributions to the Spaghetti Incident, and it, it really is just a solid, uh, solid record. And if you follow us on social media, you may have uh, you know I put a question out there recently: Who is your your favorite artist represented on that on that record? So. Uh, you know, in addition to just, yes, I like doing this podcast and, and, and you all appreciating it. This is, I'm just a fan like you who happens to work in radio. Like, that's kind of what it is. It's, I have no real, uh, I mean, I, I'm not an insider. Um, I've never spoken to anyone in GNR management. I kind of just do my own thing and I've been doing my own thing and somehow it's worked. So with that and, and uh, going off Alex's suggestion to do a Spaghetti Incident episode, I decided to reach out to Richard Duguay. And he played, if you don't know, uh, he played on the Johnny Thunders tune, You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. 
He's toured with with Duff McKagan. He's just he's just a guy in the scene, man. He is he really is just the old school you know, rock and roll uh, that that's missing. You know, I mean, it, it, the best way to put it of, of of who Richard is before we speak with him next episode, his own band, fuck you, fame whore. I'm not saying that to anyone. That's the name of his band. <laughs> Fuck you, fame whore. <laughs> so we're going to talk about his new band and his and his new stuff, everything that he has going on now. And he's more than happy to talk about uh, GNR as well. So uh, thanks to Alex for making this suggestion. And we're going to speak with Richard. And what's going to be cool is, um, in addition to that, and Richard said yes, a couple of you uh, have sent in uh, your your bands like your band info to me like hey can you check out my band would you mind you know, giving them a mention on an episode I think Guns N' Roses fans will will like it and well we're I'm gonna do that next episode in addition to interviewing Richard Duguay uh, we're we're gonna listen to a couple tunes from you guys and and kind of and and in the spirit of new music right and and, and new music that Guns N' Roses fans like because there seems to be something uh lacking in in the, the newer bands today uh you know richard's old school uh you know of course speaking with with clint seven dust is just you know they've been around for a while and they're just awesome so there's great n- new music but what about newer bands younger bands right so uh richard i don't know i don't think he's going to be like um, Simon Cowell and and really create you know rip these things apart, uh, but I think it's going to be cool to kind of listen to your fellow listeners, their band, and have someone like Richard uh, listen and you know give his opinion on it. So that's coming up next episode. I think that's pretty cool. Sound good? But I'll pretend you're you're nodding in agreement. So that does it for episode 134 of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, thank you for following us on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on uh, on iTunes. And also, we are now available on CastBox. Yeah, CastBox. Uh, if you want to follow on, on Twitter, it's CastBox uh, underscore FM, but I believe it's just the app CastBox, C-A-S-T-B-O-X. So just more, more ways for you to listen. And of course, if you have any audio issues or you know, trouble connecting to a certain platform, just message me. The worst case scenario, I can send you the fucking audio file because I, you are taking the time to listen to me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that happens. So just thank you so much. And before I get out of here, because this just uh, happened as I'm recording this episode, uh, July 23rd, it is Slash's birthday, 54th birthday. And uh, Axel just tweeted, happy birthday with the top hat emoji that Slash always uses. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, man, it is a good time to be a Guns N' Roses fan. I know we want uh, new music badly, but considering where things were, it's a good time. And a good time to be doing a Guns N' Roses podcast, and I appreciate you guys coming along the night train with me. So... Until next time, when will you hear the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if as soon as the word.
I'm going home. 